to the Insomniac Show with Nicolette and Brian. We'll get real deep with you. Educating, inspiring, and solving problems with some of the most inspirational humans on the planet. Buckle up and come on the journey. I'm excited. All right. All right, guys, I'm Nicolette, and today Brian and I are here with John Brandon. He is a journalist here to speak with us a little bit about productivity and uh, his upcoming book. So thank you so much for joining us today, John. We appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. So why don't you kick us off and tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey to becoming, uh, what is it, a productivity guru, right? <laughs> I, something I, I, yeah. I, you've, you've done a lot. So tell us a little bit about that journey. Yeah, so I worked for about 10 years in the corporate world. Uh, I was a director at Best Buy, actually, for about five, six years. Uh, I became a journalist in 2001. There was a downsizing, corporate downsizing. So I started writing. I have a journalism degree. And my wife actually got home that evening after being downsized. And my wife said, you've you've got this degree, maybe you should try to use it. So she encouraged me to start writing. And it took about six months, something like that. My first gig was for a magazine called Laptop. It's, it's still around in various forms. Uh, but it really took off from there. And for the last uh, 20 years or so, that's what I've been doing, uh, writing a lot of articles. <laughs> A so, lot. Uh, That's an understatement, yeah, uh, John. That's an understatement. I think we yeah, wrote Nicola, something like 15,000 articles. That's what I was going to say. Nicola was telling me you wrote over 15,000 articles, which is completely, completely insane. That's a lot yeah. of articles. Yeah, it is. And so the way the transition went is I started out fairly slow print magazines. I don't know if yeah, I remember those. Yeah, we worked on them. Day. Yeah. <laughs> Moved into online writing, but around 2008 is really when I hit my stride. Uh, I became a columnist for Inc. Magazine in print for three years, and then that became an online column. And I know it was around four or 5,000 uh, columns uh-huh. just for Inc.com in that 10-year period or so. I currently write for Forbes, and I, I don't know how many I've done for Forbes, but it's been a, a few hundred anyway. I've slowed down as I've transitioned into book writing, and a lot of my social media followers are probably getting a little sick of this, but I keep mentioning the book over and over again in hopes that they see one of those tweets. Uh, (laughs) But uh, for 20 years, yeah, uh, some of those were game reviews. The easiest market to get into originally back in 2001, 2002 was writing quick game reviews for sites like gamesdomain.com. Have you ever heard of that one before? gamezone.com there was a time when i was writing four or five per day uh you know back in like 2002 so i really cranked through a lot in those early years and a lot of it was uh you know i was motivated i had four little kids at home and uh you know kind of trying to support them and my family and i was younger and much more motivated back then uh, than i am today and i i just crank through a ton of that. Yeah, have you always, have you always or so. mainly written? Because I know you, we're going to talk about productivity, right? But did you mainly write in sort of like the technology space? Like we talked about laptops, we talked about gaming. Was it was it mainly in there? You, you know, it was, it was everything. And some of the bigger names, I remember writing in around 2003, I started at Wired.com and mm-hmm. I wrote news for them. 
But I, I'd done a lot of business writing. I wrote for a magazine called Relevant, uh, doing music reviews. I've done game stuff. But the ink years, and that's from about 2008 to 2020 or so, uh, that was mainly business focused, productivity. Uh, right. You know, they don't, they're not a tech site. I mean, so a lot of that was how to help entrepreneurs succeed in their own business and life. And so I did a lot of that for a really long period of time. So well. what is your secret then to staying consistent? I mean, I know you talk about the motivators and we've talked about, you know, uh, entrepreneurship with other other guests on the show and, and kind of money being a motivator, right? And, and one of those keys to success. So obviously that played a role, but, you know, you could be motivated by money and still not have the outcome that you did. So what is that secret to staying consistent with the writing? Yeah. And so I get into this in the book. It's called The Seven-Minute Productivity Solution. And I arrived at this very organically. I didn't even realize I was doing some of these things in the early days. But I followed routines where I would always do things in a short period of time, but really quickly. And I've seen other people do this. And maybe I'm curious if you've ever done this. But you go to check your email and you just scan through really quick. And then you find a couple that are important and you read those two, and then you reply to a couple, and you might realize that about, and I'm calling it seven minutes, it's anywhere between five and 10 minutes is sustained attention span. Mm -hmm. But this is something that I've done for years. Uh, it just means that you go in, you get the work done, and then you come out and you do something else. Mm -hmm. And so I've done this with morning routines. I've done this with uh, meetings, actually. I've done seven-minute meetings before. And one of the ones that my, my kids mentioned to me recently is I used to take seven-minute breaks when I was really in that period of time when I was just really doing a lot of articles and I'd come upstairs. I worked at home for a long period of time. And they, they've told me, like, we think you were doing about a seven-minute break back then. So maybe you should include that one in the book. So that one's in there, too. Uh, these routines are meant to teach you about productivity, but to, to answer your question more directly, I, I really did all these things before I started writing about them. Uh, I would take a seven minute morning routine and that, that was the original article for my ink column back in 2015. That was the impetus for writing the book, uh, because I, I realized that I was doing that. And then I realized I was doing a seven-minute break, and I was checking my email for seven minutes. And when we do those routines and we get into those habits, that's really the engine for more productivity so in our jobs. Do, what do you think the – so before I ask the question, for for background knowledge, I'm a morning person. Brian is more of a night person, right? So he is more productive at night, I believe. And I'm more productive in the early hours of the morning. So how do you implement your own personal, um, you know, what works for you, right, mm -hmm. um, into developing a routine? So, you know, how does that work? Yeah, and the analogy I've used, I didn't use this in the book, but I've been thinking a lot about this. And the analogy, I don't know if either of you are a cyclist, if you've done much cycling, you know, the normal pedal bike, not a motorcycle. Mm -hmm. uh, when you first start out and you're pedaling, um, you always go a little bit slow at first in a lower gear. And that's really a routine. And that's a repeatable habit. It's something that gets you going at first. In the morning, you might write in a journal for a while, and that sets your tone for the day. 
uh, as you learn those productivity habits, you start pedaling faster, you shift gears, pretty soon you're moving faster, hopefully towards a certain right. goal of some kind, you know. Something I talk about a lot in the book is we can be moving fast and doing a lot, but maybe we're moving towards the wrong goals. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I call it productivity with purpose. Sometimes moving slower and pedaling slower toward the right goal is makes a lot more sense than pedaling really fast. Uh, I blame social media for a lot of that. It's taught us to scroll through feeds and mindlessly go through Facebook or Twitter and we think we're being productive. And of course, we're not at all being productive. So it starts with that short routine, maybe writing in a journal. It leads to more productivity and working on the so, right things down the so road. Is it really one of those things where you have to define your goal, right? You have to sort of know what your goal is, right? Before you could be productive or even get to it, yep. you know? Yeah, and that's where the morning routine comes in. And, and I don't I don't intend to talk about the book with you the entire time. It's just fresh on my mind. Mm -hmm. uh, we just recently got to the point where it's actually going to press. It comes out in January. And one of the things that's really cool about it for me is, as I mentioned before, I've done all these things organically. Mm -hmm. I've done them myself, and then I wrote about them. But the morning routine, it really sets the pattern for you write down, you know, I... I can kind of go through the routine with you really quick, but the basic idea is that you write down your goals for the day, your most important goals. And I know you're going to ask me about lists a little bit later, Nicolette, so that should be an interesting discussion. I don't recommend doing long lists of tasks in your morning routine. I recommend writing down things that are just really important to you. And they don't even need to be tasks for the day. They can be things like you know, I really want to be an entrepreneur, or I really want to start a business, or I really want to write articles for a living. And you're just, you're preparing your brain for that productivity later in the day. Uh, there's another concept in the book called hope moments. And I wrote about these for the first time when I was doing the research and studying this. A hope moment just means that you're saying, here's what I really want to do. Here's my hope for the day. And it's not a task. It's not a goal. It's what I would say is bigger than that. It's something that's going to define you as a person uh, in, in your daily uh, activities. And if you don't do that, what happens is you end up reaching goals that you don't really want to reach. And you become the type of person that you don't really want to become. And so the whole moment. So do you think you sometimes, and I, we're probably going to get into Nicolette's list question with this, but do you think sometimes people are confusing those goals with tasks? Right. Like literally, like they think their tasks or those things they're checking off are really goals when they're not like uh, everyone has to do the dishes or fold the laundry or you know what I mean, or whatever it is. But they're not really goals. You know, I mean, it could be a goal for well, someone. I guess the, but. the overall goal is like maintain a clean home. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. I guess if that's important to you. Right. I, and these are the things that need to be done in order to, to do that. Right. Mm hmm. Yeah, it was Marissa Mayer. Remember, she was the CEO of Yahoo mm -hmm. for a long time. I remember being in a, at one of her talks, and she mentioned this live, and I wrote it down. But she said we have a tendency to want to finish all of our tasks for the day, and we write them all down. And that's not a good productivity strategy because sometimes we're just trying to be completists. We're trying to write everything down and finish everything. But a lot of those tasks are not that important. Uh, like you said, Nicolette, maybe it's, uh, you know, taking out the trash or, you know, doing something with the car or doing a car wash, whatever it is. 
but maybe it's really not important and maybe it can wait. And so she recommends just doing the things that are, you know, listed, maybe the first few things on your list and then ignoring the rest of them. Uh, Warren Buffett is pretty famous for a story where he said roughly the same thing. Make a list of 25 things you really want to do and do the first five things and then take the other 20 and get rid of them because they're not that important. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting. Because we are big too. list people. Brian is a big list right. person in the morning. I mean, he's always yeah. like, "I got to rewrite my list." Right? That's your favorite yeah. line every yeah, day. What's, what's interesting, though, what's interesting though is I totally separate those from like goals, like real goals. Like there are just like to dos, and there are things that like okay, these are the things that have to get done. To, and I actually put even a lot of times I'll put like little dates on them. Like this has to be done on this day, so I know the things I need to get done, and then I can move on to the bigger things if that makes sense. Because I I, I feel like and i feel like I'm, i try to triage as much as i can for myself right but i feel like a lot of times people put those those things that are on the list right not a goal in front of the goal because they're afraid of the goal mm-hmm. do you know what i mean they're afraid yeah. or you know they're because the goal is always maybe not afraid but the goal is always harder right? right if it's like a big thing like let's just use writing a book right writing a book is much harder than folding your laundry. Do you know what I mean? You know, so you're going to fold your laundry before you write the book. You know, people have a tendency to do that first going, yeah, you know what? I could live in some wrinkly shirts. I mean, I do it all the time. I could live in some wrinkly shirts and, you know, work on my book instead for that 15 minutes. I don't really, you know, I don't care, you know? So, cause I feel like everything's like a balance, right? So you're triaging. What am I doing with my time? You know, mm-hmm. it's the only thing that you're limited in, honestly. Yeah. A lot of us like to postpone the hard tasks, and there's been books written about this as well, that we tend to take easy tasks on first, we get those done, we feel productive. But my big question in the book that comes out uh, in a few months is, are you working on the right tasks? Mm -hmm. Are they leading to the purpose that you really want in life? And if they're not, then maybe you're doing too much of the task-driven mentality to productivity, and you're not thinking about goals as much. There's something else I I write about in the book called the critical goal, kind of similar to a smart goal. Maybe you've read about all these things before. Uh, By the way, I don't I don't claim to be inventing something that is like brand new rocket science here. You know, productivity is something that to have purpose, you need to just follow the routines and develop the habits that lead to the goals and purpose that you want. Um, One of the big differences with the book, though, is that I'm documenting all the routines and you can follow them right along in the book and also that they only take seven minutes. So that's the big change as well. Uh, Our sustained attention span lasts about seven minutes, according to science. But I'm not saying, you know, productivity doesn't need to be this big reinventing the wheel, you know, go go through and do the routines, develop good habits and then you'll start seeing that you're you're going in the right direction again. Yeah, I I think I'll, you know to go back for a second, you know, I am guilty of that as well. I'll um, you know, the other things answering all the emails and getting the quick PowerPoint done and just getting all that is so much easier than doing the thing that I want to do because then I feel like I have all these other things that I have to get to, right? So there's all these things and then I can't focus because I'm saying, oh my goodness, I got 35 things to do. And those 35 things are short things, right? I mean, Brian, how many times do you say, I just yeah. have to answer this email and I can't do it all day, right? This right. One, this thing that'll yeah. take two minutes. 
and that feeling, right, um, kind of distracts from the thing that I'm working on that I really want to work on. And but then I'll do all those things and then I'll run out of time to do the thing that I want to do or, you know, or I'm burnt out by the time I'm done with those things. So I get it. I get it both ways. Yeah. Have you noticed well, that distractions are just getting worse? Uh, and week by week, it seems like there's more distractions. And now the Olympics are on, so you know, have to pay attention to that. Uh, I wrote this book because I am someone who's very easily distractible. And so I need these routines for myself. But I've noticed with social media that it's, you know, I don't know if you've uh, studied this before, but negative ideas and negative thoughts travel faster on social media absolutely. than positive mm-hmm. thoughts. And it's something about how the brain works, that we tend to focus on the negative. We have to work harder to have hope. We have to work harder to have purpose. And if there's a message I'd like to send to people in in this podcast is really, you have to be intentional about your hope. You have to be intentional about your purpose. And if you're not, you're probably going to get distracted and you're probably going to start working on the wrong things. And then that leads to a life of distraction and not having hope and and all those types of things. And again, I I do blame social media for a lot about the a lot of this. I write about social media for Forbes, but I often say, hey, this is this is what Facebook is doing, and I'm trying to call attention to it, and I'm trying to say there's a different way to use social media that's more effective. No, I guess that kind of leads into busy versus productive, which is another mm-hmm. topic I wanted to. Um check in on because you can seem busy all day, right? You're scrolling, you're doing this, you're doing that, but are you really being productive? So are you busy looking at Facebook? Right. Are you busy? Yeah. yeah, Is that it? Are you busy Facebook stalking? But, um, (laughs) but I guess the real question is then, John, how do you um, make that differentiation? What is the difference in your opinion between busy and uh, productive? Yeah. And I tell this story in the book and it's kind of a good example for me because I, I, I get, I mentioned I struggle with distraction and, and goal setting. So there's something that happened when I was writing the book. Uh, I went to a hotel in Minneapolis where I live and it was a winter day and I decided to go for a walk just to get away from the book for a while. And I came upon a bridge, which is pretty common in Minneapolis. It was icy and covered with snow. And I thought, I need to get across this bridge to go where I'm going. And I have a few options here. And one of them would have been to, and you said, Nicolette, being busy, that option would have been to just race forward and try to get across the bridge as quickly as I could. I probably would have fallen and maybe broken an arm, you know. Uh, And then the other option was I could have gone into the traffic on the road. And I, I think that would have been very dangerous and So I decided to do something different. I decided to move really slow. And I just took step by step on this icy bridge. And eventually I reached my destination. And I remember looking back and thinking, that is such a good example of productivity with purpose. And the difference between being busy and being productive is, are you moving forward toward the right goals? I made it across the bridge. It was no big deal. Uh, It served as a great example in the book. But I've done that before where I've just, you know, back in my early days, I I mentioned, Brian, that I have done a lot of writing for, you know, game sites like Games Mm -hmm. Domain and Game Zone. And back in those days, uh, I just, sometimes I would hurry through things and I would work, I would play a game too quickly, you know, Mm -hmm. and I was trying to support my family back then. But sometimes I wish I could go back and say, 
mm, maybe I need to not even do game reviews at all because I'm doing them too quickly. And I'm trying to serve the reader, you know, by producing all these game reviews. But that felt really busy. It didn't feel terribly productive or purposeful back then. Uh, and to this day, I'm, I'm not much of a video game player. And I think that's one of the reasons why, because I don't feel very productive. <laughs> so, that's it. ironic, right? I was going to say, if you were a huge gamer, it's like productivity and income all in one, right? <laughs> you know, that was your goal, right? Oh. You know? No diss against gaming. I, I love gaming. I just, there's times when I felt like I was doing too many of them and I was even maybe a little addicted to gaming at one time. Uh, really quick but funny story about this. I was playing a video game uh, called Forza back with my son once and we finally unlocked a Corvette and we were sitting there thinking this is so cool that we unlocked a Corvette. We had worked really, really hard, really busy to unlock that uh Car. Well, I happen to test cars too. I've reviewed cars for the last uh, 15 years or so. Mm-hmm. And anyway, I looked at my son and we realized we had a Corvette, a real Corvette that I was <laughs> testing in the garage. At that moment, that's when I really realized yeah, we were really productive in the video game and it was fun. But let's just set down the controllers and go drive a real Corvette because it's way, way better anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I've been much yeah, well, of a gamer. It, it, well, you know, it, it's interesting because you're pointing out a lot on digital versus the real world, right? So we talked about it with social media. We talked about it even now. We're talking about it sort of with this context of the Corvette, right? And, it, you know, I mean, most people's goals are based in, in the real world. There are some sort of people that want to have like, you know, the most followers on whatever Instagram. Like that's cool too. You know what I mean? But <laughs> but it most people's goals are based on things in the real world, not in sort of this digital context. Right. Yeah, are we right. making a difference with our families? Are we making a difference with friends? And uh, so, again, I want to be careful to say I'm not against gaming. I still play games all the time. It's just whenever anything, be- we get preoccupied with things, with social media, with gaming, we don't have a good balance. I think that distracts us and derails us from real productivity. And I think that's what I'm really trying to write about. There's this other, there's other productivity experts that have talked about it's not like we need to get rid of social media mm-hmm. or get rid of Forza or get rid of any of these digital tools. They're awesome. We're using a digital tool to talk right now. It's just when we use them so obsessively. Mm-hmm. That it and actually, so you know, you bring up a, a point for younger generations who may not have that same uh, reference point to the real world that we are fortunate enough to have. I mean, I think about, you know, children on their tablets all the time and in the video games. And I know video games were, were still a thing when I'm not that old. So, uh, you know, they were, they were there, but, you know, I think about that blend between what's real and what's not. And um, I think about, you know, my, even my son. And if you look at a six-year-old watching these videos, right? And like, how do you differentiate? Because he thinks like the real world, sometimes you'll see it come out where he's kind of confused as to what's really real life and what's in this, you know, digital realm. And and it's very innocent. He doesn't know he's doing it, but it's scary. It's frightening as a, as a parent even to say, wow, you don't, you, you don't know. That's my job to teach you, but it's, but whoa, you know, there's a reason why Steve Jobs yeah. didn't like his kids <laughs> yeah, using you- iPhone. 
Yeah. I don't know if an iPhone existed when they were growing up, but he didn't let them use digital technology anyway, uh, because there, there's this aura of it's very compelling and we get sucked into it. And hours later, we realize that we're using these devices. I'm not saying get rid of your iPhone at all. I use right. one myself all the time. But I'm I'm trying to make the point of just being more intentional with our time and saying there's a better way to do these yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, John, you mentioned your book, so I would love if you give us a just give us some insight into what we can expect from that book, and and you know I know you've mentioned it's coming out in January, so mm-hmm. yeah, the website to mention is sevenminutesolution.com. Seven spelled out. I've been forgetting to say that people type in the the number seven and it doesn't work. Maybe I need to get that domain and, and forward it, but. It's, it's seven spelled out, minutesolution.com. That's where I intend to release a lot of information about the book and do some other routines outside of what I've written about. Uh, really exciting to think about when the book comes out, I can connect with readers on that website as well mm-hmm. and, and maybe even get to the point where maybe there's other books that come down the road that tie into that same seven-minute strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, it all... It all came out of an article. I can send you the link. It's the seven-minute morning routine that I wrote for Inc.com in 2015. And then that led to all these other routines. The reason why I knew this was resonating with people is when the article came out, there was about 400,000 people that read it in the first few months. And I okay, something's going on here. And then I kept getting emails from people. I'm doing the seven-minute morning routine, and it's making a big difference in my day. And I just thought, okay, this I've written a lot of articles, as we talked about, you know, 15,000. This one really stood out, and readers really adopted it very quickly. So I decided to do an entire book That's on awesome. that topic. Well, we can put in, we will put in that link, uh, Seven Minute Solutions, yeah. so nobody has to type it in. Absolutely. Don't worry about that. We'll put it right there in the description, and uh, we will await your release in January. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for talking about it. I'm really excited about the book coming out. It's my first major release. I have another indie book that came out a few years ago, but this is the first real one after all this time in writing and journalism. So, mm-hmm. yeah, pretty pumped. Awesome. awesome. Well, thank you, John. Thank you for sharing with us and uh, we look forward to it. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for having me.